Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, we heard from General Manager Chuck Fletcher and Comcast CEO and Chairman Dave Scott on Wednesday. They held their midseason address, and it was not expected to be rosy, and it was not very rosy, Joe. The team is in an awful situation. They are 13 22 and 8 overall. They're on the franchise's worst ever losing streak at 13 in a row. They've lost 10 or more in a row twice before the halfway mark. This is not what anyone expected, and that's what the Flyers definitely expressed in this midseason address. But a lot of things certainly opened some eyes here. I think everyone was very intrigued and wondering what they were going to say. Where was the direction going to be about the team? So, Joe, what was your biggest takeaway, whether it was something that maybe surprised you, something you didn't agree with? What was your biggest takeaway? Well, a, cu- a couple things. One, that Dave Scott was there because I don't think any of us expected that. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was there and he was there to basically convey the message that Chuck Fletcher's our, uh, our guy. And, you know, um, one thing is, is is for sure, if you're going to turn around a – a franchise, if you're going to dig a team out of, I mean, for lack of a better word, the abyss is what the Flyers are in right now. Um, you can't have people and internally, externally, or whatever the case may be, you can't have people wondering about who's in charge, will this person be in charge, who's making the decisions, and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like there was a distinct effort yesterday to put a lot of those questions to bed. Um, whether or not they are actually put to bed, I don't know yet. Um, I don't think we're going to know that until the, you know, until there's a big moves made, uh, whether that be a trade, whether that be this coming off season, not sure what, um, but, um, you know, so I think that was my biggest takeaway there. And, you know, they really, really collectively leaned into the injury factor. It was there was a, clearly a collective. Um, we don't know what this team is because they've been injured. Sort of um, vibe to that press conference, and um, you know, I don't know that that's a really what the fans want to hear. Um, my sense is no, but there is reality to it. Um, that the, the team that was put together in the offseason is not the team we've seen outside of – I mean, how many games did Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis play together? One? Yeah. I mean, so there you go. That's one game that we've seen this roster at its full capacity the whole season. So it is a, there is a reality component to it, regardless of whether or not the reception – to what they were saying was good, bad, and different, whatever the case may be. They leaned into the injuries, and Dave Scott, you know, basically said that Chuck is our guy and he's going to be our guy. And, I mean, he was asked a direct question about the faith in Chuck Fletcher to get this thing turned around, and there was no mincing words. Um, It was definitive, and it was – uh, the, the message was loud and clear, and that was my biggest takeaway. 
The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, the organization really does like Chuck Fletcher. He's very benevolent in the way he general manages. He includes people. Uh, everyone thinks of him very highly. Smart guy. He's from Harvard. He's been in the hockey business since 1993. He's been doing this a long time. He had a good run in Minnesota where his teams were competitive. They were in the playoffs. Um, so he is well-liked, and I think that goes a long way here. Um, the people that advise Dave Scott, the hockey people, all like Chuck Fletcher. Uh, a lot of them do. So – I think that has really helped Chuck Fletcher. And I will say people in hockey, uh, people that oversee teams, that own teams, they are they are patient individuals. Unless you're like a Jerry Jones or some of the rare people uh, in sports that own teams and are very, you know, out there and in front of things. Um, a lot of them are patient people. They're a lot more patient than we are, than fans are. So I do think they look at the injuries and they say, hey, we haven't seen what this team is yet. Some of our key pieces that we believe are cornerstones, guys that can really help us push forward next year, haven't been healthy. They're not healthy, and we believe they will be healthy. But boy, is it a tough sell right now to fans. It's tough to sit up there and say, we don't need to rebuild. We just need to retool. We like some of our pieces we feel like we're not that far away. They didn't say the words not that far away, but they, you know, Dave Scott said he thinks they can be in it and they can compete next year. And I believe a lot of people would disagree with that um, when, the, when the team is where it is right now. It's making franchise history. Uh, it's, the lo- it's the first time the team has lost 13 straight games and the organization was birthed in 1967. So this is not a good spot for the Flyers. So it's a really tough sell to fans and they've got their work cut out for them because, Joe, fans are starting to not show up. And that's a pretty loud sign that fans are frustrated. They don't believe in the process uh, and they're going to have to be won over. Um, that is pretty much sports in a nutshell. Fans come when teams win and the Flyers aren't winning right now. But Joe, I do think they're going to have to make cha- changes at the trade deadline, March 21st. And they will. Uh, it's going to be very, it's going to be very, uh, I'm going to be very curious to see how big the changes are. Uh, but the Flyers do know they need to make changes and I think my biggest takeaway was that they don't believe it's a huge rebuild. They believe it can be an aggressive retool. That could just be GM speak from Chuck Fletcher. I don't think anyone gets up there and really says, hey, we're going to go through this massive rebuild. It's just not a great pitch to fans. It doesn't sound great in front of your boss that's sitting right next to you. Hey, we're going to go through this massive rebuild. So maybe Chuck Fletcher does have big changes in store, but he's calling it an aggressive retool to you know, to really convince fans, hey, we can get better quickly. Uh, but still, they do believe, I think, in a lot of the pieces here, and they think they can build off of it. 
time will certainly tell. Joe, another takeaway I thought was the chatter about Claude Drew. What did you think of Chuck Fletcher's comments about the captain? Well, well, here's the thing. So the quote that's being most talked about was, it's going to be Claude's decision. Mm-hmm. So that to me is says, we're going to try to move him if he's willing. Um, it's rare that you hear that kind of definitive statement um, about the future of a player, uh, the future of your captain, and really the face of your franchise at this point in time. Um, so I, the whole idea about we have pieces and we like our core and then the messaging that it's going to be Claude's decision, you put the two together and and and, and you come up with the inevitable conclusion that Giroux is not a piece of the core that they're referring to. Um if he doesn't want to be, um, which I don't know, a team in the Flyers' position, I don't think you can afford to sit on Giroux. I don't think he can do that. It's either got to be trade him or or sign him, and I don't think signing him to an extension before the end of the con- – I, I, I don't think his agent would do that. It doesn't really make any sense. So – um, I I found the whole line of discussion around Giroux very interesting because it's rare that you hear a captain talked about in that way, um, in sort of blunt terms like that. Yeah. Um, did you agree? I mean, it was kind of weird to hear the messaging. So, uh, I I didn't really even know what the word is for it, but. Basically, like we're going to trade him if he if he wants to be traded, and you, you don't really hear that so much, even Chuck, when it's obvious what the what the, the the situation is. Yeah, Chuck Fletcher did sort of insinuate that when he said, "Hey, we're going to have conversations," and I've been talking to his agent, and essentially it's Claude's decision. But he was asked bluntly, like, "Have you talked to Claude about waiving his no trade clause?" and Chuck Fletcher essentially said it's his decision, which is true. Like it's, you know, if, if that tells you they've talked about it. Yeah. And I, I think they would have to, uh, I don't know if he's talked to Claude, maybe specifically about it. I'm sure they have. They have- I, I, I guess what I mean is I, I'm, I took away that they've talked about it and it's not the first time they've talked about it. Like as in maybe they talked about it last year, whether it was beneficial to the team, because obviously last year the flyers were in this situation where Something's got to change. They got to get a big salary off of the uh, off of the books, yeah. and at that point, they still had Voracek and Giroux's salary. So, you know, you have to think that maybe, based on what was said yesterday, maybe this isn't the first time they've um, broached the subject of waiving that clause. I agree, and I think that was probably a pretty big topic of discussion when they decided not to sign an extension. I mean, Chuck Fletcher was handing out a couple extensions this offseason, uh, a big one to Sean Couturier, a big one to Joel Farabee. And Claude Drew and the Flyers decided, hey, we're going to play out the season and we'll see where we go. And I don't know if that was in a mutual agreement between both sides. I don't know if that was more on Claude Drew's side because maybe the Flyers and, and Claude Drew both said, hey, listen, last season was not 
what we expected. Um, and if this season doesn't go well, maybe we need to part ways for both for for the benefit of both parties. Claude Drew can go elsewhere and maybe start the next chapter of his, you know, the later stages of his career. Maybe give him a better shot to win. See where he can see what he can do in another organization. And maybe the Flyers also felt, yeah, we need to retool here. And retooling means we, you know, we trade our 34-year-old captain who makes a lot of money. We we get something really big in return to help us possibly rebuild or retool. Um, so I think that's a big reason why they didn't sign the extension before the season. And this was inevitable. It really was inevitable when you don't sign an extension like this and you let a season play out, a contract year, and the team does poorly with an aging captain. Uh, there's going to be trade talks, and boom, what do you know? Everyone's talking about it, and it's going to be a major discussion. But it was a little contradictory of Dave Scott to say, hey, we we like our core, and we believe we can be in it. We can compete next year. But then you don't want Claude Drew a part of it. Um, I think that there's a difference, and, and I think maybe the messaging wasn't exactly um, stream. There, there's a difference between liking the core and having pieces. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I, I don't think those two things mean the same. Um, pieces are like we have one or two pieces. A yeah. core is like we have four or five guys. Yeah. And do the Flyers have four or five guys right now? I mean, are we considering Cam York as part of a core? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, he's he has limited experience right now. They want him to be part of the cure, of the core. I don't know whether he's considered part of the core in public messaging from the team yet, um, or whether he should be. No, it's so, very, you're right. It's very debatable, Joe. I I wouldn't say Kim York. I would say he's more a prospect that you're hoping turns into a piece. But you're right. I think it's very debatable how many how many foundation pieces, guys, you can le- legit think he's a definitive piece to this, and we're building upon him. The ones that come to my mind right away: Joel Fairby, Carter Hart. The most a guy in net, most important position, Carter Hart, young kid, twenty three. You think he's yeah, he's guy you're going to build around. And Joel Farabee, twenty one year old, uh, leading goal scorer last year, probably a future All Star. Those are the two that really pop off to me. But I mean, Couturier just signed that huge yeah. extension, and he's probably the captain, the next captain. Yeah. if Drew isn't here. So, and and quite frankly, I mean, this team has some contracts that are immovable i mean let's be honest there's there there's contracts that that you know you're not going to be moving them so they're going to be here couturier and hayes are going to be here yeah and you would think atkinson probably too so if that is the core okay i mean that's that's fine but you know i don't know that i i, I if that's the core they're referring to i think they're missing I think they're they're missing star power. Yeah, quite frankly, and that's what Chuck Fletcher was asked about. Um, how do you get top end talent? He said, "There's no question the Flyers need more top end talent. So how do you get that?" And obviously, the first thought is the draft. You know, you you acquire, or you're very bad and you acquire high draft picks. Um, but teams fight the battle. They want to be competitive. They want to win, and they want to be in it every year. And if you're somewhat in it every year, you're not going to get a high, high end draft pick. So, 
you know, you got to be creative. You have to be creative. And I think that's the Flyers. That's where the Flyers, I think, are going to they're going to go. They're going to try to be competitive in the process. They're going to aggressively read tool and maybe try to acquire some assets in doing so. But, man, it, it won't be easy. It won't. Be no, easy. it's t- in sports these days. Those two things generally don't happen together. Yeah, the competitive while retooling because, like, if you if you look in the NHL, like, who who are the teams that are now compet like Detroit had a total rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. And they were awful for a number of years. This is the year they're starting to see the the kind of fruits of 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 what they went through the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rangers. I think that they're. I think everyone would agree their rebuild is going a little quicker than usual. But here's the thing: it helps when you get Capo Caco with the number two pick. You get Alexei Lafreniere with the number one pick. You sign Artemi Panarin. Now a huge contract. So far, it's paying off. Mika Zibanejad's having career year, and you get a diamond in the rough in Adam Fox, who to me is one of the three best players in hockey right now. Yeah. So. You know, it's going a little quicker, but they kind of bottomed out as well. Um, are we seeing the Flyers bottom out right now? We might be. Yeah. Um, because I, it's tough to say we're going to retool while being competitive because it just doesn't it doesn't really happen. Yeah. I mean, I can't even think of an example. Um, can you? No, it, it's tough. I, I, I mean, that was like Ron Hextall's vision the entire time was um be competitive while focusing on drafting and developing it's it's such a it's like a perfect world that's like not even realistic it's just i mean the closest thing i think i can think of if i'm just thinking of this is is the um the the san jose sharks i mean they've never been totally awful they missed the playoffs which is a rarity for that franchise but like the years they missed the play, like they were just missing the playoffs. So I guess maybe they did it. Um, but they also never won a cup, and they never really, they haven't really threatened for a cup in uh, almost a decade now. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it's tough to really say what that means and whether it's even possible. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Agreed. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. I think a part of the reason the Flyers 
don't believe they need to do this mess of rebuild is they do have these guys under contract that they probably like. Like Sean Couture obviously just had his new extension doesn't even kick in until next season. So, and, and they're probably sitting there like, hey, we really like this guy. He's just been hurt. Ryan Ellis is under contract. Um, when they traded for him, they knew that. They believed they were getting this guy for five, six more years. It's under contract, and as disappointing as it's been that he's only played four games, they probably believe he's a good player and he can be healthy. Uh, that's another piece. And then you have the guy, the likes of Joel Farabee, Carter Hart. Uh, Kevin Hayes is under contract. He was Chuck Fletcher's first really big move and, and deal. So maybe they feel like it came and in quick. Cam Atkinson. I mean, they traded for him knowing he was under contract. He was for less money than Jake Voracek. And, I mean, look, there's a good shot Cam scores 30-plus goals this year. You know, sign me up. If you would have said before the season you're going to get Cam Atkinson and he's going to score 30-plus goals this year, I mean, who's not signing up for that? The right. problem is if he's the only guy putting up those numbers and because of injuries – I mean, yeah, Giroux's putting up numbers as well, but it's few and far between, and you're not getting what you expected out of the back end due to injuries. Yeah, and I think Chuck Fletcher is probably going to Dave Scott and saying, hey, we haven't seen this regime's draft picks really um, even grow yet. Like, it's still very young in the Flyers, this regime's um, draft and developing. You know, their first ever draft pick was in 2019, Cam York kid that's already here playing. And then their next first-round pick, Tyson Forrester, who you think can fill what's been a long, long uh, need for the Flyers, and that's been a winger that shoots first and can just bury the puck in the net. So they care, I think they're banking on those two kids being big pieces, and they can say, hey, listen, we've drafted pretty well so far. Um, the problem is, obviously, they didn't have a first-round pick last year because they used it in the trade for Rasmus Tristelainen, but – um, maybe the maybe this regime can defend itself and say, hey, you know, let's see what our draft picks do here. We we feel like we're we've hit pretty well so far in our first round picks. One's already here. One could be, you know, getting closer. So maybe that's uh, another reason why they believe they can be competitive sooner rather than later. Uh, it's it's tough to tell. I don't know if they need a complete teardown or not, but I do think they need to retool and they do need to make changes. This season isn't happening um, and they need to do things at the March 21 trade deadline and retool this team and maybe build around the pieces that you think you have in place, but it's, it will be challenging. It won't be easy, Joe. Uh, your final takeaway, if I can get one from you before we wrap here, wrap up here, final takeaway from that press conference. Well, you know, I, I would say the, the final takeaway is the, the recognition by everyone on all aspects of this organization uh, that major changes are needed. Yes. Um, there was no questioning that changes were needed. It was, we like some of the pieces we have, even saying we like the core that we have with the acknowledgement, there's major changes needed. Yeah. And you know, that's, um, Generally, you would hear the hierarchy of teams avoid that kind of conversation in the middle of a season, and they didn't do that yesterday. That was my big takeaway. I like that, Joe. I agree. Um, I mean, Chuck Fletcher made some big changes in the offseason. He traded Jacob Borchek, who was a 10-year flyer, traded Shane Gossespierre, 
Uh, he made some big deals last offseason, trading on Patrick Philip Myers. Like these were deals that, like, kind of were like, wow, he's he's really you know switching things up. I think we're going to see that again from him. I think he's really going to start to cut into the to the um, to the team and really make it his own. I think he knows he has to uh, because he's in year three and things have not panned out. They're going to miss the playoffs in consecutive years for the first time since like the 93-95 time of the organization. So pretty damning. I think he knows he needs to make changes and really put his stamp on things. I thought he tried to do that in the offseason. Last offseason didn't work. He's got to do it again here, and he's got to win over – fans and really start to win over ownership again. I think this is pretty much a trial run for him to say, I am the GM to push this forward. We can be competitive again. Uh, I can do what I did in 2019, 20 and make this team competitive, but time will tell pressure is certainly on the flyers and fans certainly need to be one over Joe. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Joe Price, thank you so much. As always flyers hockey will be back on Saturday uh, with an uh, afternoon game against the Kings home and Joe Fordyce and company will have Flyers pre and post game live for you on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Cannot wait. Joe, thank you as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.